Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you're always welcome to write into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. Would love to hear back and uh, get your thoughts and opinions and feelings on the show. Uh, this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week, and this week joining me back in the studio... Uh, give it up for my man Killing Spree. How you doing, dude? All right. Uh, I guess you need some filler. <laughs> well, not only do I need filler, but I, I need an episode. Um, so uh, um, what what happened was is we both heard about this uh, new Mortal Kombat movie reboot thing. And I don't know why they call it a reboot. It's just a new adaptation of video games, right? It's not right. picking off. It has nothing to do with the uh, 95 movie, does it? Uh, not to my recollection. This looks like this is just like a clean slate starting it over thing. So, um, so we got to talking and it's like, well, if, uh, if we needed filler for an episode and that, that inspired me to, you know what, actually, you know, if we're going to take the time to, you know, do some fill, um, I found a couple other topics that, uh, that we're going to riff on here, including, uh, the, uh, new, uh, RoboCop sequel that, that may or may not come out. And, um, and, uh, we're also going to talk about William Gibson's Alien 3 script, uh, being adapted into, um, a comic book and maybe a couple other odds and ends depending upon, uh, how, uh, how time goes, because, you know, just to kind of pull back the the curtain a little bit we've uh we're, we're putting ourselves on a little bit of a schedule and having a limitation so that we uh kind of prevent ourselves from talking for four hours about uh yes about we're, we're, re- we're recording this on a sunday and there's mm-hmm. a wwe pay-per-view today that i want to watch yeah so um uh so briefly what what is it extreme rules what's that you're ba- like ba- you're like buddy i can't help you <laughs> oh it it's basically all of the matches have some sort of extreme rules to them, or most of them do. Oh, okay. So, so like tables matches, cage matches, stuff like that. Gotcha. Very cool. So so we're going to see like thumbtacks, things like that. Maybe. They don't do cool stuff like that anymore. Ah, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> all right. All that and more on this all new episode of Mike Cyber Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout outs. Well, part of the reason why I wanted to do an episode here was uh, so that I can uh, give kind of, a, kind of a special shout out. This one, this one kind of uh, um, uh, makes me feel real good. I wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Ian, who is one of the uh, co-hosts of the Earth 919 podcast. They're, they're a comic book podcast that talks about uh, first issues and, and number one uh, comics. Um, he, uh, he was a guest of uh, the podcast uh 
oh gosh, a couple months ago now. We came in like on Free Comic Book Day and talked about uh, all kinds of stuff. But uh, the reason why I wanted to give him uh, a shout out was that he just shared with me recently that he has signed up for uh, classes at Green River College, including Journalism 110 to be part of the KGRG family. And he's, uh, he, you know, he, he was uh, uh, so blown away by his experience when he came out and hung out with me at the in the KGRG studio that he's like yeah you know I I think I think I want to check this out and so my uh, my first inclination is oh you want to get into radio oh buddy run <laughs> but uh but no I it just I I just thought it was really cool uh because like you know the thing that that um, from whether it was hosting my own show on KGRG or even later what I've talked about in the uh, uh, Mike Seibert Radio podcast is, you know, one, one of my uh, uh, nihilistic, not nihilistic, Jesus, narcissistic fancies. Let me get let me get my uh, um, uh, mental deficiencies correct there. But no, one, one of one of the things that that I've always wanted would be to connect with a member of the audience and then that person goes and does the thing I'm always telling them to do, like sign up for this class, go to this show, buy this book, you know, uh, you know, whatever. And, um, I, I think this is one of the first times I've thought of in uh, in a while where somebody's like, you know, because of the experience I had hanging out with you, now I'm going to go sign up for that class and do the thing. So I, I as a, you know, uh, I, I just it just made me re- feel real good and made my day when uh, when I happened to see that. So uh, be listening to 89.9 KGRG FM and, uh, you know, just uh, listen for new student Ian, which will be uh, joining the ranks in fall quarter. And if uh, um, if you want to follow in his footsteps and do the thing also, uh, go to greenriver.edu and uh, sign up for radio classes at Green River College or check out kgrg.com uh, forward slash classes. Um, that's uh, so th- that that's the degree of my KGRG advertisement as my uh, uh, payment and exchange for using uh, using their uh, studios and resources here. So let's uh, let's uh, let's get into the thing <laughs> I forgot how slow this starts off I thought it just like did the music and it does the well, there's, part there's two different versions of this yeah I was well, actually listening to the soundtrack or the movie soundtrack on my way up here I was too actually that's funny because this is the version that's on the album so well, there, there's two well on the album there's two versions there's one with movie clips and there's this one with the video game clips. Yeah, this is the more traditional one and yeah, I uh I don't dislike that weird remix with the, with all the 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 movie clips in it, but anyway, getting away from things up. We are talking about Mortal Kombat and uh um, so yeah, so the the story that got us all kind of kind of worked up was um uh let's see uh, Warner Brothers. I had to look to see what the studio is. Uh, yeah, Warner Brothers is doing a Mortal Kombat quote unquote reboot, I guess. Uh, but recently they released uh, what it appears to be a breakdown of the characters from this upcoming movie. So, well, well, 
I can't remember. Was it Screen Rant that put this out? This is Screen Rant, yes. Okay. And that came out on July 9th. So it was um, uh, it was a little bit ago, uh, but within uh, the last week. And there's actually been a development since this article was published that, that we'll kind of talk about um, at the end. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. So there have been um, two Mortal Kombat movies based on the... Uh, video game franchise and well, three if you want to count the YouTube uh, series. Is that a real movie? You well, think? it's out on Blu-ray. You could buy it. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Okay. But, but, I mean, I'm just saying like there's been another adaptation of Mortal Kombat since Annihilation. Oh, okay. I gotcha. And so, th- so, and, and this is separate from like the web series that that was around for a while. I didn't actually watch it. I've just heard of it and well, heard that it was really quite well, I good. Think th- well, I think we're talking about the same thing. Like, okay. Like, it was in parts. Like, it, it fo- each episode focused on a character. Okay. Is that worth checking out, by the way? Uh, some of them are, real, real interesting. Some of them are like, oh, this is stupid. Like, like I think the one with, that they were doing with Reptile is like, that's where you're going with Reptile? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Reptile really hasn't had a really fair shake in the in the cinematic universe anyway because I mean again well he only showed up in one <laughs> yeah and and not especially effective or the way well no I I didn't care I, I thought he was like Yoshi in the in the in the Mario well, Brothers well, movie well oh you're talking about the the his rep his uh, the, the, I guess true form yeah yeah right. well yeah that that ate that effect aged horribly but when mm-hmm. when he Becomes humanoid and fights Liu Kang. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. That's not bad. I I'm I'm. Cause, I mean, he's a hidden character in in the first game, so you don't. Yeah, it makes sense to have him not be as prominent as say Scorpion or Johnny Cage. Right. Well, and that and that's. <laughs> it's interesting that we bring up all of those classic Mortal Kombat characters because apparently, according to this, not a goddamn one of them are in this uh, new movie. So so this article reads, after a 20-plus year absence from the big screen, Warner Brothers and New Line, ooh, they dragged poor New Line into this too, uh, are preparing to bring Mortal Kombat back to theaters with an all-new movie reboot. Uh, that hashtag show has gotten its hands onto the character breakdowns for the movie. I've never heard of the hashtag show. I, I I don't know what that is. Okay. So, I mean, I know Screen Rant is a credible site, but I, I have no idea what this that hashtag show is. So, uh, not to dis- besmirch them in any way, but I just I just don't know what they are. Okay. So, um, well, are we just going to go down the list? Well, if, before we do that, um, do you, uh, you want to talk about why this, uh, this has got you so bent? That, okay. that you wanted to say, hey, let's uh, let's tackle this as a topic. Well, before I go, well, I guess before we go into the main reason why, why this got me riled up, but uh, I just want to talk about the first character they list off because this guy re- raises a red flag right away. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, Cole Cole Turner, a brand new character to the Mortal Kombat franchise. That right there is a red flag for me because Mortal Kombat has, oh God. Well over ten entries, if you include like the yeah. spinoffs and the adventure games. Uh huh. Th- there is a huge cast of characters. Like if if you've ever played Mortal Kombat Armageddon, that <laughs> select screen is stacked. Yeah. So bringing in a brand new character to be the lead. Come on, and also Cole is a struggling and widowed boxer who cares more about his young daughter than anything. 
cliche as fuck. <laughs> He's incredibly determined and refuses to quit in the face of fantastical adversity. Yeah, what the hell is fantastical adversity? I guess they're referring to like outworld magic. Well, I guess that would be fantastical. I guess from a from a a literal standpoint. I get. I, I guess now that so, I think about it. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on that real quick. But the but reading the rest of these characters because there are classic characters it, in this list. Oh, it's it just, gets worse. They get so much basic stuff about these characters wrong. Because mm-hmm. a good reboot or adaptation, sure, it could change things about characters. Yeah. To suit their story, but they get basic stuff right, mm-hmm. like uh, like Shin Godzilla. Uh huh. That's a one hundred percent reboot, but it gets the basic stuff about Godzilla right, like him being a monster that walks upright, mm-hmm. a bipedal. He has sails going down his back. He he shoots out atomic energy, mm-hmm. and he's a walking nuclear reactor. Right. But they they change stuff about him, like they change his appearance. He looks more like a third degree burn victim from head to toe yeah and he also he evolves from a sea-based uh creature born of nuclear waste mm-hmm. to what well, the godzilla we know or the final fo- or basically final form we get in this movie <laughs> you fool it's not even my final form oh man doing or tired uh, dragon ball memes or uh the, the uh the 2016 doom reboot uh-huh the the original doom guy he's uh, a marine yeah, but in the new game, he's a uh, an ancient warrior who f- who's basically a a feared foe of hell. Oh, so but they get the basic stuff about him right that he's supposed to be a a voiceless protagonist that's more of a avatar for the player rather than the player controlling a character. Okay. So, so kind of in a sense, I mean, again, I, you know, when, when I, I, I have to be cautious about how I slip into gamer stuff because I don't, I don't consider myself to be a gamer. I, I guess I'm a lapsed gamer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say I'm a casual gamer because I, you know, I, I the extent of my gaming, uh, persists of my wife and I playing Mario Kart Wii and and we sports so yeah i i don't i i don't i can't call myself a gamer but it, to me it sounds like kind of like um in halo where you know master chief is kind of like a a faceless well, you know cypher type character well he's the- faceless but he has his own character okay and master chief talks and all that stuff fair point but gotcha. uh but anyway my like i said mm. a, a good reboot or adaptation they get basic stuff right Whereas these character descriptions for the new Mortal Kombat, most of them are just, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. They're characters in name only. They're like the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah, or even kind of how I feel about them uh, live-action Transformers movies. You know, kind of like you you have characters that are characters in name only. You may occasionally have um, appearances that are are, uh, similar, but it... You know, at their core, it, it's a different enough character to where it's like, why are you running around with that name? Exactly. That that bugs me. So, like, I mean, like, for example, a second build is a Kano, supporting lead male 30s, the large, rugged Australian ex-special forces turned merc for hire. Well, that, that all checks out. Um, He is arrogant and impetuous, but a tremendous fighter. So Kano there, 
that one doesn't bug me so much. Right. Because, I mean, well, fun fact, the Australian aspect of Kano, uh-huh. that was not that was introduced from the, the 95 movie. Sure. None of the games uh, pre or that came out before gave any indication that Kano was an was an Aussie. Mm-hmm. The uh, the X Special Forces thing, I I'm drawing blanks on that. Yeah. I mean, he. I, as long yeah, as I'm the, drawing blanks because yeah, from what I remember, his backstory is that he's the founder of the Black Dragon. Oh, okay. See and or and, leader of I guess. well and and as we go, it's going to become very apparent to listeners that my fluency with the Mortal Kombat universe is very thin. I was a huge fan of the uh, for the original games. Um, obviously, Mortal Kombat One, Mortal Kombat Two. I started to kind of slip right around uh, when we're putting that that mo- ultimate Mortal Kombat Three in arcades, and right about the time Mortal Kombat Four was there, I think that was about kind of when I kind of jumped off. Like I had Mortal Kombat Trilogy for uh, PlayStation One, um, but then I don't, I I don't think I own any games. Past that, there's there there's some kind of tangential familiarity. Like you know, I I know there were more subsequent games. Okay, but, I'm, well, I'm gonna. But, I guess I'll be the expert here because I exactly. owned a version of every Mortal or all the main Mortal Kombat's except for four. Right, and so yeah, I mean, you're you're a huge fan of this franchise, right? Yeah. So um, so before before we uh, get into some of these other uh, characters. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about what what because uh, the I, I don't remember if we said this before after we started recording, but it's a you you kind of scoffed at the idea of this being a reboot um, in in that it's like, what is it rebooting? Is it rebooting a new adaptation of the video game? Or... Yeah, I mean, is, does it have more to do with uh, Mortal Kombat 9, which was the reboot in the series? That's what I was going to ask you reboot about. sequel, I should say. Well, okay, some backstory on that. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the MK team, they kind of written themselves into a corner. Like, where do you go from Armageddon? Yeah. So the beginning of Mortal Kombat 9, or the story mode, Shao Kahn won. Okay. He has become a elder god. And he's just kicking Raiden's ass. He's like, he's about to kill him. So Raiden uses... He makes a spell to send himself a message in the past okay. to prevent Armageddon. And this so it leads to a whole new timeline of Raiden trying to interpret future Raiden's message of he must win. So it Mortal Kombat 9 is basically a a remake of 1 through 3. Right. But it's still a, technically a sequel. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just it's a new timeline within the canon. Well, in the way that Star Trek 2009 alter- is. Yeah, an alternate timeline. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, if you want to call it soft reboot or or whatever, sequel boot. I, I don't know. What, more or less. Sequel I, boot would be accurate. Cause, yeah. Cause, I mean, it's it doesn't totally disregard the past games that happened. Right. It just, like I said, goes off into a new timeline yeah. because of the events of the game uh, prior. So for a true reboot what a and, and I, I i realize i'm getting way too far ahead cuz i wanted to talk about these terrible characters but um for for a true reboot would you like to see like a 
uh, go back to basics and do another adaptation of Mortal Kombat 1 a la the 95 movie or... Well, I think that's where you would... Yeah, I would say like a a different telling of Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Because if you're if you're telling the story of Mortal Kombat 9, you you have to have everything that happened before it or leading up to Armageddon. Right. And you you, you are you going to expect general audiences to play all the games to know what's going on, why Shao Kahn became an elder god? Yeah, and you know, even as a Cuz there's a whole backstory to that. Yeah, and I don't see general audiences being able to hang with that at all. So I think the but, uh, re- go ahead. But when reading through these uh, character descriptions, it sounds like it's what we were talking about, except bad. Yeah, like most of this sounds like Mortal Kombat two, or talking about uh, out fighting Outworld. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I I see what you mean. Um. So yeah, so so that being said, yeah, let's let's go through some of the some of these terrible characters because some of these I'm not sure if they're if they're actual characters and so I'll kind of lean on you on that, but uh the the uh the main person I wanted to talk about is uh Sonya and I and Oh, how they got this, her so wrong? I mean like everything is wrong. Okay, I mean, so uh lead female 30s that that checks out. Sure. Uh beautiful brainy blonde writer no, she's special forces. Yeah, she has this whole character dynamic with Kano. Mm-hmm. Her, the whole point, she, or the whole reason she enters or goes to in the Mortal Kombat uh, tournament because she's hunting down Kano to get right. revenge on Kano killing her partner. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's been the whole point of those two is like she's trying to capture him, bring him into justice. Yeah, and she just happens to stumble upon this goofy tournament, and that's kind of like her means exactly. to do that. And that, and that checks out, and that that even kind of kind of sort of uh, flows through the '95 movie as well. So, so uh, but anyway, so, but yeah, writer who so chases writer, the right? prophecy of Mortal Kombat. Uh, what prophecy? I don't know, but it sounds dumb. And she recruits Cole and fights bravely and selflessly for a team. She can only be a true part of once she earns a medallion in combat. Okay. Yep. So uh, that's a thing. Right. So then we have Jin slash Lord Raiden. I don't know why I need to call him Jin. I mean, Raiden's always been his name. My guess before we read into this wretched uh, uh, description is that it's going to be a misdirect. We're, we're hanging around with this character called Jin throughout like two thirds of the movie. And it's going to be like an act three reveal. Hey, surprise, surprise Raiden. Okay. Anyway, male 14. Dramatic pause to let that sink in. Lord Raiden, a 14 year old. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, here's the thing about Raiden, at least the way he's been portrayed in the later Mortal Kombat games. Mm -hmm. He has this aura of wisdom and authority that you can only get from a, a an older voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a clip from uh, Mortal Kombat X. This is uh, the post credit. So uh, let me just play real quick and just just listen to his voice. Too long have I allowed Earthrealm to endure the horrors of war. Time and again, we've defeated our enemies, but we've exacted no retribution. Demanded no remuneration. 
What have we gained for our mercy? More intrigue, more senseless violence. As the new rulers of the Nether Realm, heed me. No longer will I simply defend Earthrealm. I will seek out and destroy all who threaten it. No mercy will be shown, no quarter given. And if you, if you haven't played the game at this point, Shin, uh, he tosses Shinnok's severed head. Oh, cool. Shinnok was an elder god, impossible to kill. There are fates worse than death. Whoa! And he disappears. Lasers! So, uh, that was rad. Replace that voice with a. Uh, a 14-year-old voice that sometimes squeaks. <laughs> no, oh, just man. no. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super dumb. So, uh, but they describe him as uh, the immortal thunder god and protector of Earthrealm. Th that's right. Sure. Who leads and trains the Earth team in the underworld. I, what is this underworld? Raiden never trained people in the underworld yeah and who is this earth team this this, this i guess is... he's ref they're they're always referred to as the elf realm yeah. or earth realm sorry sure sure eh, and, it, and it's all wrong and and you know and it just it, it slips even further sideways you know you've uh, okay. uh oh go ahead well i, I want to touch on the next one melina yep uh drop dead gorgeous woman that is part of the outworld side that checks out yeah she she wears a Sheer grown over high thigh high boots that okay, that's right. Mm. Or typically for a costume. Yeah. And a revealing one piece. Yeah, man. With a veil that covers her nose and mouth. Okay, that mostly that checks out yeah, her see, description. But here's the problem. <laughs> you cannot have Melina without Katana. Right. Katana's not in this list. And for those who aren't familiar with Mortal Kombat lore, Melina is a clone of Katana. Right. It's it's like the, with this new Venom movie that I'm worried about. Oh, man. Because uh, my, my uh, understanding of, of Spider-Man is from the 90s cartoon. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. But the symbiote, or the reason he becomes Venom or has those spider powers, or Venom has those spidey powers, or, or, or mimics them, right. is because... The symbiote, or whatever you, however you pronounce it, was symbiote. Symbiote, <laughs> That's whatever. So stupid. What, it, what, he was in con, <laughs> or it was in contact with yeah. Peter Parker first, uh -huh. then Brock. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. So in this new Venom movie, how does he get all these abilities that Spider-Man right. has without coming into contact with Peter Parker? And at least from the trailers, doesn't look like Peter Parker's in the movie. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because like this is kind of like the 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 Sony Spider Universe that they kind of I'm like I don't think it's connected to uh, any of the the mainstream Marvel stuff. I I don't. But but you're you're absolutely correct in that. Yeah, Venom. You can't have Venom without Spider Man, and you can't have Molina without Katana. But she does have that sick Baraka face though. So that so that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, because uh, that the Tarkatan form. Or body that was what Shang Tsung used as a husk to clone Katana. So, in fact, is there a Baraka in this? No, no Baraka. So she has Baraka face, but no Baraka. Okay, that's fine. Well, it's not specifically Baraka, but it's just 
Well, yeah, anyway. Okay. So we got <laughs> Jackson Briggs. Okay. 30 to the 40s. Uh, that's about right. Yeah. Jax is a strapping mercenary military officer. He's not a fucking mercenary. Yeah, it's like, which one? <laughs> yeah. He loses both his hands in an attack and then joins Sona, Sonya and Cole to fight the owl. Loses his hands. <laughs> I'm assuming they're going by the uh, the uh, reboot storyline here for Jax. Because mm-hmm. in that game, uh, Ermac tears off Jax's arms. And, that, and that's how they explain him having metal arms. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. But I, off the top of my head, I can't recall if in MK3, Jax lost his arms to get the metal arms or he willingly put the metal arms on as enhancements. See, wasn't that like some bullshit from Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Is that like he yeah, put, Annihilation. put them over his arms or something? Yeah, like, like they're, they're enhancements. They're not like replacements. Uh, replacements arms but. see when when i was younger i just assumed that he was at one point a victim of his own fatality where he just you know th- right that that was his movie you know tore your arms off but um yeah just his hands in this movie apparently yeah uh, scissor punch okay <laughs> dumb okay so Liu kang mm-hmm a fire throwing ninja warrior who is a talented earth realm champion well, well, there's some of that that's kind of okay. He's not a fucking ninja. Oh. He's a he's a warrior monk. Yeah, he's part. He's part monk. of Shaolin. Yep. Uh. <laughs> and uh, again, this is part of where I'm guessing this is uh, more to do with Mortal Kombat Two because in Mortal Kombat One, Goro was the Mortal Kombat champion. Oh, okay. Or, uh, yeah, Liu Kang was the one, who, or he became champion after defeating Goro and Shang Tsung. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> the, it's the ninja part that bugs the fuck out. Oh, of me. yeah. No, I'm with you. Because Scorpion and Sub-Zero aren't even on this list. Right. And th- they're, those two are the poster boys for Mortal Kombat. They are to Mortal Kombat with that, to what uh, Ryu and Ken are in yep. Street Fighter. Exactly. Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's what and I was going to say. And Liu Kang should be the lead. Like he's supposed to be the star of Mortal Kombat, even though Scorpion and Sub Zero overtook him in popularity. Right. Anyway, move on to Kung Lao, <laughs> a mute warrior monk, brother to Liu Kang. Fuck off! They are not brothers. Who yields an all-powerful boomerang hat? I love the typos in this, too. There's all kinds of typos. In the, he, so he yields. I yield this stupid boomerang hat. To, I, I think they meant to type wield. I don't know why they say he's a mute. Yeah, I... But, uh, no, Kung Lao and Liu Kang are not brothers. No. They're, fucking hell. Boomerang hat. <laughs> so does that mean it's going to be shaped like a boomerang, like an actual boomerang? I, because, I, I, I think they just called it boomerang hat because it does bo- yeah. boomerang where it, you, know, you throw it and it comes back to you. Okay, I, I'm okay with it being a bladed hat too. That that's well, it's rad. it's always been a bladed hat. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got Shang Tsung, no age specified. Okay, I guess the great sorcerer of Outworld, whose presence is a storm cloud of dark energy. His ever changing roulette of faces unfurls an evil smile. Okay, that that's not wrong. He is an out. He is from Outworld. Yeah. Uh, okay. They're bringing in Draman from uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. 
Oh, so th- that is a real character? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's cool. just only been in that game, well, that and the uh, Armageddon, but everybody was in Armageddon. Because, yeah, I was reading this. I'm like, uh, an Oni devil mask over his face. His body is composed of twisty, sinewy skin. A heavy spike club replaces one arm. I'm like, that's, that, that that's, is accurate. Okay. Whew. Well, well, I'm I mean, glad I didn't say out loud but, that that sounds like Stupid City. Well, but. the the twisted, sinewy skin part, uh, from what I remember, uh, Draman and. He's supposed to be wrapped, or like kind of like a mummy. Oh, okay. Actually, huh. hold on. I want to check something up. So you think this he might be like a a CG character? Like uh like yeah, he might be like be, be a mummy of some kind. Oh, uh, buddy, that that doesn't sound good. Okay, no, I was just mm-hmm. getting mixed up because there's two Onis in Mortal Kombat, uh, Deadly Alliance. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if it was the right one that we were describing. Mm. So, uh, okay, that that's mostly correct. That, or that's yeah, pretty yeah, much correct. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that checks out. We got Cabal, All an right. evil assassin of Outworld. Fuck off. <laughs> he is outfitted in a black armored vest and trench coat. His entire head is covered by a scarred black respirator. His signature weapons are two razor-sharp hook swords. Everything except for the Outworld assassin is correct. Uh-huh. He Cabal's part of the Black Dragon. Hmm. And if you're going by uh the Mortal Kombat reboot uh video game, he's ex Black Dragon turned uh police officer. Oh. Either way they got it wrong. He's not out, he's not from Outworld. Hmm. What the uh N- your stapling Yeah, practice. it sure is. It's Nitara. Oh, another character from uh Deadly Alliance. Oh my God! So 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 they're digging up obscure characters. From, yeah, that, that's what I find from weird. what PlayStation Two era. Yeah. Um, but yet no Sub Zero, no Scorpion, no Reptile, no 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 uh, ninjas. No ninjas. There are no none of the iconic ninjas. Weird. Well, because you got Liu Kang. He's a fire breathing ninja. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so Natara, right. a black haired vampire from Outworld. Uh huh. Two massive, literally. Lettery bat wings protrude from her bare shoulders. Fresh blood drips from her fangs. PG thirteen. Oh man. Well, that that is a well mostly correct description. All right. But uh, her she's not technically from Nether Realm, or I mean uh, Outworld. She's from a different realm that uh, Shao Kong conquered and okay. merged with Outworld. Hmm. Like her whole thing in Deadly Lines was to, to try to free her realm. Oh, okay. So, so I mean, there's that. Rico, or Suave. He's from uh, MK4. An armor-clad outworld general with white glowing eyes. He drags a massive warhammer with him. Oh, yeah, I remember this loser. Yeah, yeah that, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. warhammer, that's uh, Shao Kahn's warhammer. Okay. So, Shao Kahn's not on this list. Nah. Okay. The Overseer. I think this is a new character. Late 80s, the Overseer of the Clock Tower and the training grounds that house the Earth Realm Warriors. He is laughably old. Just like me. <laughs> laughably old. I don't even know what to the do with that. Clock Tower. That that sounds like an, a fighting stage in Mortal Kombat 3. Yes, it is. Can confirm. There's uh there's spikes at the bottom of it. 
Oh right, that one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the one of, one of the stages where you can knock somebody off and they and they get impaled. So yeah, these yeah these last characters are they're all new. Okay, because you got Emily, the uh, cold, scrappy, determined, wise beyond her years daughter. Oh. Cliche as fuck. Oh, oh man, precocious as shit too. I wonder if oh. she's gonna hang around. Speaking with, of cliche, yeah, Sophia, Cole's understanding mother-in-law. Oh no. Fuck off. Uh, oh. And, oh, Christ, they just keep coming. Yeah. Jess, Cole's judgmental sister-in-law, <laughs> who believes Cole to be selfish and a bad father. Also a judgy bitch. <laughs> I don't know. This is so dumb. Oh, man. Yeah, so yeah, that's the, Those are the characters that they listed. Uh, admittedly, a good chunk of them are correct, but it's just... The ones they got wrong are so horribly wrong, and those the ones they got wrong are the the main characters. Yeah, because like Draman, Natara, and Rico, they're they're minor characters who've only been in a handful of games. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody could give a shit. Yeah, like none 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 of those three that I just listed off have appeared in. Uh, well, it wouldn't make sense for them to be in the Mortal Kombat Nine, but none of them appeared in uh, Mortal Kombat X, the mm-hmm. sequel. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, no Johnny Cage, no Sub Zero, no Scorpion, um, no Reptile, no Ermac, I, I don't, no Jade. I don't get it. I, I just and no yeah. Shao Kahn. No, how? So he, how, how do you? This is clearly it's supposed to be Mortal Kombat two in the sense of Earth Realm fighting Outworld. Sure, but no Shao Kahn. The leader of Outworld. Yeah, I um, who who is this movie for? You think? Clearly not the fans. Yeah, because I mean, I, I I have to ask questions like that sometimes when we run into like these you know pointless reboots, pointless sequels. Who's asking for this? I mean, because I I would imagine that Mortal Kombat nostalgia is totally a thing because you know. Uh-huh. I'd have to look at sales numbers because I don't know how well uh, Mortal Kombat X did. And I, and I have a friend that keeps trying to convince me that fighting games are more or less dead. Ah, see, I don't know about that. Well, or at least not as popular as they were in the 90s. Oh, well, that much I could agree with. Yeah. I mean, if they were dead, then we wouldn't be getting new Dead or Alive or Soul Calibur this year and early next year. Right. And and obviously a Mortal Kombat sequels on the way. Yeah, I um I just the because I think there's enough obscurity here where I don't see how this can even be palatable for uh civilians, for general audiences. I mean, it's like what what's here for them? It's just it's banking on the Mortal Kombat name. At least that's the impression I'm getting. But uh, we we really should touch on the update. Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it's kind of funny. So um, you and I found this article last week and proceeded to send it out. And I think you had said something, uh, so, something to the effect of like, well, now Mortal Kombat Annihilation won't be the worst Mortal Kombat movie ever. Yeah, because at least Mortal- like Annihilation that. didn't completely and utterly fuck up everybody. But, yeah, uh, the producer of this movie, uh, Todd Garner, he says, no, 
this is wrong. <laughs> well, it's so weird because, like, out of nowhere, um, it, he's he's responding to a tweet. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that this at sub zero MK two is just a fan. Just says, "Oh no!" Exclamation point. Um, uh, is the is the uh, is the MK news valid? Has Hollywood learned nothing from veering too far from source material? MK already has a colorful, a uh, colorful, beautiful world of characters. That, weird phrasing um and it's going to be butchered like this question mark a 12 year old scrappy girl question mark come on um and todd replies nothing is happening with the movie at this time comma so all news is premature sorry what does that mean well now i have to question the legitimacy of uh that hashtag show or their source. Well, it, and really, quite frankly, any of this, you know, it's like is I mean, and and this tweet thread continues, and I'm not going to read a goddamn bit of it because you know it's a, you know, they're they're alleging uh, fake, you know, well, it being fake news. Well, or, well this at Sub Zero MK Two speculates that maybe this is a uh, an early discarded draft. Hmm. You know, okay, I, uh, but, but see, it, it's weird if you take it literally, you know, th- this guy says nothing is happening with the movie at this time. So all news is premature. So to me, that means literally nothing is happening. What's, what's your read on that? The, s- the same. So basically any of this, at, at least at this stage is fake news. Mm hmm. So, so we fell for some stupid clickbait. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's I well, because and, and further in the thread, it talks about, um, you know, premature doesn't mean fake. Premature doesn't mean false. Uh, premature doesn't mean incorrect. So I, I think it's just fans trying to find. Uh, you know, kind of trying to like, you know, uh, uh, read the tides and, you know, find. Well, that's all we can do is speculate. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, yeah. So I don't know. Like, like uh, I, I could do with. So, a... oh, yeah. After oh, reading that tweet uh, or when you show me that tweet, that kind of uh, cooled what would have been a rage fueled rant from me. Oh, gotcha. So you had more rage because th- there, there was. There was more rage there, I thought, there, maybe. There would have been more rage if I thought this was legitimate or that this was going to happen. Oh, but now, okay. But now that we got this tweet from Todd, it's like, is this real? Is this fake? Or is this just something they were going to do and they totally discarded? Huh. Well, so, yeah, so, yeah, so then it then you tear it all the way down. It's like, is, is a movie even going to happen? You know, it's like, it's, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. So it's I, I I I'm I'm fuck if I know. Yeah, I I'm at a bit of a loss. So anyway, if you happen to know anything about this uh this uh, Mortal Kombat thing, or if uh, you want to you know let us know what your dream Mortal Kombat reboot slash reimagining whatever would be, you know, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Seibert Radio, or you can find uh, Killing Spree at Late Night Death. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I mean. I, I could I could deal with kind of like a gritty reboot of Mortal Kombat one, you know, one one that, um, you know, doesn't have anything to do with the 95 movie, 
you know, you just you go back to the original source material and you do a new adaptation and you just yeah i mean you do it like you know blood sport or it's a, you know just just make it like a kung fu movie or something well that, um, that's what mortal Kombat originally was as yeah. basic as just a kung fu video game because mm-hmm. it was originally going to be a uh jean claude Va- jean claude van damme video game exactly yeah i mean and that's where the character of johnny cage comes from so yeah i mean and and you know, I, I I appreciate that you're um, a huge fan of it, but I think for me, if we're going uh, reboot, I think you ditch a lot of the mythology because uh, I well, think I think the mythology makes it really dense. Well, that's and why convoluted. I said. Well, that's why I say that it should be based more on Mortal Kombat One. Yeah, because you can still have the mythology of uh, Outworld trying to merge Earthrealm, but they have oh, to sure. go through this Mortal Kombat tournament in order to do it, and. Uh, in the video game, mm-hmm. or the MK1 video game, it's the 10th Mortal Kombat. Or, I mean, yeah, there's like, you have to win 10 in a row. Yeah. And this would have been, or MK or Outworld was one w- win away from being allowed to merge the realms. Right. So, you know, that's, en- that's not so much convoluted backstory. I agree. But if you're going to, if you're going to do a movie and have it be Mortal Kombat 3 or 4, then it's like, there's a lot of stuff you left out. There's a whole, and then you got like. I mean, that's part of why I don't like Annihilation. There's, they basically skipped two. Yeah, yeah, and and they were like, well, hey, wait a minute, this Ultimate MK3 is, you know, kind of doing okay. We have all these new characters. Well, let's let's figure throw out. them all in there. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's the it's the Avengers Infinity War of. Uh, Except it of, didn't work. Yeah, that's true because that movie sucks. Are are there apologists out there for I don't MK, know. MK Annihilation? Because I mean, I think I think uh, Mortal Kombat '95 has really kind of come around to where you know I, b- people are just like I un- unironically like I, it. I was about to say that those exact words. I unironically love the Mortal Kombat '95 uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Like of all the video game based movies I've seen, that's the best. Gotcha. Like, as far as uh, being true to its source material yeah like resident evil was hardly tr- faithful yeah yeah I mean, i've never played a final fantasy game so i can't speak on the final fantasy movie i just remember not i just remember yeah. forgetting the final fantasy movie right <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding and uh house of the dead sucked the only good <laughs> thing about that movie was the spliced in video game footage for reasons oh my god yeah. I don't think I've seen that movie. That's It's a crappy Uwe Boll movie. Ah, very good. Oh, so I I don't I want to be careful what I say so he doesn't come after me on Twitter and challenge me to a boxing match <laughs> or something like that. He's actually done that. I forgot. <laughs> Cuz he does that shit. He like I I will box you. Uwe, I I I will box you. Box me all you want. Doesn't change the fact that you made shitty movies. <laughs> I mean, at least Blood Rain sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that movie is not great. The um, game was awesome. Yeah, and, and a cool concept. I mean, so I mean, there, there's there's meat on that bone, but yeah. Oh man. So keeping it within uh, the um, uh, the realm of reboots and remakes and sequels, let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. Oh, this also starts off slow. I forgot about that. Oh my god, really slow. You would think I would have this shit queued up. I I don't. Is this 
Alright, there we go. Alright, fine. Forgive my ignorance, I don't recognize this. This eventually becomes the, the iconic RoboCop theme, but I forgot that it takes like a month and a half to get there. Oh, okay. So, anyway, so we'll, we'll just pretend. Shows that, how much I've. Yeah. Shows how many times I've watched this movie. Come on. Go there. Do the thing. Fuck this. It's not going to get there. I'm just going to leave it in the. Oh! See? Just as about you were tur- about I, to turn it off. I'm just like, come on, man. Now everybody must shoulder dance as it as it as it kicks in. It's gonna be a long way to go to get there. No, it still hasn't even done the thing yet. So we we are one minute and seven seconds into this theme song, and it hasn't even really crescendoed yet and gotten into the actual march portion of it. That At least every- the indie theme just kicks off. Maybe I just maybe I just picked the wrong clip. Maybe you did. Y- you would think when you when you see three things in a row of top matches on YouTube that say um, RoboCop theme. Uh, here we go. So th- this is the thing. I I really like the score from the original RoboCop movie, yeah. and and I love this theme. It it, it reminds me of uh, conversations we've had previously about just movie scores and themes in general, you know, much like, you know, Batman 89 or the March of the Raiders or the Imperial March or whatever, you know, when when it does the thing, you know, again, it's it's a freaking march and and we don't have enough scores like that anymore. None of that is here or there because we uh, I want to talk about this uh, story I found on Deadline. Um, Neil Blomkamp uh, is set to direct a new RoboCop movie for MGM. Um, uh, Justin Rhodes is rewriting the sequel script by the original creators, uh, Ed Newmeyer and Michael Miner. Now, a couple things about this. So, um, so uh, Neil Blomkamp directed uh, District 9 as well as a um, handful of other movies uh, that people Elysium don't like. Yep. And uh, Chappie. Chappie. Which, you know, that's uh, both of those movies are kind of okay. I've never seen Elysium. Uh, you're okay. Um, I, I just heard it was really preachy about like class. It it's yeah it's well it it, it kind of picks up on some of the threads uh or not not direct story threads but kind of kind of themes that were there in District Nine. You know, just in terms of like you know uh, 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 classism and things like well, that. Wasn't so. wasn't uh, District Nine just basically. South Africa, post or however you pronounce it, uh, apartheid. Yeah, apartheid. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah, uh, very much so. So Elysium kind of tries to do the same thing, just with you know, like you know, rich people and poor people and classes right. and all that. But but anyway, um, so he's uh he is going to helm a movie which is uh currently titled RoboCop Returns, which I don't know about that as a as a title. Works but, for Batman. It, it exactly. It's it's a little Batman for for uh, my taste, but what uh, well, what are you gonna call it? RoboCop two? Because that'd be confusing as hell. It's true. It well, and it's funny you should mention that because this uh, the story of this RoboCop two base or <laughs> RoboCop two. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, uh, RoboCop Returns is basically it's um, it, it's the original idea and plot 
for what the second RoboCop movie would have been. So so um, Ed Newmeyer and Michael Miner, who wrote RoboCop 1, submitted a script to Orion Pictures, and they're like, well, we... Uh, we don't like this movie, so we're we're not going by your script. We're going to go hire Frank Miller, who uh, you know, famous uh, comic writer, wrote uh, Batman: Dark Knight Returns, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, Daredevil and Sin City and a, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, huge racist, but <laughs> but still, uh, no. So they they hired uh, Frank Miller to uh, write what became RoboCop Two. Um, so this, this story of this RoboCop returns is really kind of what the original sequel, uh, would have been. So, um, there's, there's kind of, there's, there's a little bit to unpack there. And, uh, the re the reason why I wanted to bring it up as a topic is because I, I really, really like that first movie. Uh, mm -hmm. RoboCop one is, uh, you know, depending upon what mood I'm in, in terms of like list making, it might be in my top 10 some days, but it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I always liked the, um, uh, satire and the ultra violence and all that. And that's, and that's kind of like people that, that are fans of RoboCop as a concept kind of don't always get it's one of those things where like the the satire is almost um over people's heads and they just you know are more fans of like the the more literal jingoistic type of uh um cuz i mean really RoboCop is kind of a a fascist superhero if you think about it from a certain point of view um well to, to, not to go off topic but that, that was the same thing with uh Judge Dredd, correct? Yeah. And, and Starship Troopers. Very much so. Very much so. so. What is it with these uh, stories that try to paint a dystopian fascist uh, story, make it look so cool and so lovable? Well, and... and I mean, it, who doesn't love Judge Dredd? Who didn't think the Starship right. Troopers movie was awesome? I love that movie. And, and it, RoboCop is amazing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's fantastic. And I I don't specifically dislike RoboCop 2. Um It's been a hot minute since I've seen it. I just remember they had the the nuclear drug or whatever they called it. Yeah, it was a nuke, I believe it was. Um so yeah, apparently according to the uh, uh the plot of this uh of this uh new movie RoboCop Returns uh, anarchy reigns and the fate of Detroit hangs in the balance as RoboCop makes his triumphant return to fight crime and uh and corruption um i uh i have the story in front of me but i neglected to highlight where the uh um where in the timeline this goes i mean like um like in terms of how far after the second movie it picks up? I'm, I'm sorry. After after the first movie it picks up. I'm uh, I'm rambling and mumbling. Um, but anyway, it's it's uh, something we were talking about before is what we would want to see from a RoboCop sequel. I, I would want. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. The actor who played RoboCop, Peter Weller. I, I would want Peter involved. Yeah, and and you hit me with something that that I, or at least we were kind of collaboratively talking about because you you asked me um, if I would like to see him 
you know, reprise the role. And I'm like, no, dude, he's, he's way too old at this point. And I think it would just, it, it just, it just wouldn't quite work. But then you gave me the idea of having like a, like a stunt person in there. Yeah. Cause you only need somebody that sort of looks like him from the nose down to the chin. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, if you get Peter Weller in there to do voice work, I'd, I would be way on board with that. Or, or what about like a, uh, like this is a however many years it's been since uh, the movie came out. Like it's a real time sequel. I I hundred percent agree. You have with you. A, an aged RoboCop because he is technically a cyborg. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I would like to see is uh yeah where it's a real time sequel where it's been thirty years since the events of the original movie and you know uh have you know, the concept of RoboCop maybe be like, you know, um, he's outdated. You know, I mean, that that's kind of kind of a little bit of the theme of RoboCop, too, actually. They were trying to improve upon the original design. But, I mean, I, I've leaned on this several times in several other concepts that we've uh, talked about. But I'd really like to see RoboCop kind of get the old man Logan treatment. You know, where it's, you know, the dystopian future is far worse than what it was and yeah maybe it's you know uh you you get grizzled old outdated you know like maybe like his arm doesn't work half the time or some such like that and you know he gets called back for like one last ride you know i i I, i'd be kind of okay with that yeah because i mean if it's like a direct like it like it takes maybe like a a year or so after the original and Mm -hmm. is a totally new actor all that stuff it's like, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Because we've already gotten a RoboCop sequel. A couple of them. And none of them are good. <laughs> I mean, again, that I mean that too is okay. But then you have like TV series and, and kids cartoons and all that. Um, but I, I guess the remake didn't do well enough that this isn't a sequel to that. Right. And I think that's just going to stand fallow and just, uh, you know, largely forgotten about. Because um, I, I went to go see it. Kind of against my better judgment. I'm like, why am I going to watch this? I'm like, and I had the the perspective at the time that if I I can't make fun of this and really shit on it unless I see it for myself. So so that's what I did. And what I discovered is that it's not terrible. It's not great. It's mostly just kind of there. the The biggest offense that the RoboCop remake did, or you know, reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, is that it um um committed the worst crime it was uninteresting it it was it wasn't so controversial that you know like like the stuff we were talking about with the mortal combat where like you know everything is so very very wrong that's like oh my god what is this um so it didn't do that cuz it kind of stuck to the basic premise of the story it changed some stuff around and but it's still uh, um, a dude that was brought back from the brink of death by being turned into a robot. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. <laughs> well, and 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 that's that was the other mistake it made is that it didn't it didn't really tap into any of the uh, Reagan era jingoistic satire that was there in the first movie that really makes it work. It just played it very straightforward. The best, the closest it came to it was it kind of like had 
a, a couple jabs at kind of like I don't know like uh, um, uh, Apple culture in that you know like in terms of like you know uh, reliance on technology okay. and things like that. Um, you know, uh, Michael Keaton shows up as kind of basically evil Steve Jobs. <laughs> and and he's he's okay in that role, but that doesn't make it a good movie. And yeah, it but but it's competently shot. Everybody's kind of okay in it. And and it's again, it it's um it reminds me of when we were talking about solo a couple weeks ago, is that it's 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 fine, it's there. Um, I'm not so offended that I'm going to, so like, I, I would never do a like full rant podcast about the RoboCop remake because there wasn't enough there to bother me. I'm just like, Oh, well, okay. So this is a thing that just kind of came and went. Um, but yeah, so so I have a quote here from uh, Blomkamp in the uh, uh, from this article. Uh, the original definitely had a massive effect on me as a kid. I loved it then, and it remains a classic in the end of. 20th century sci-fi catalog with real meaning under the surface. Hopefully that is something we can get closer to in making of a sequel. That is my goal here. Uh, What I connected to as a kid has evolved over time. Um, At first, the consumerism, materialism, and Reaganomics, that 80s theme of America on steroids, came through most strongly. But as I've gotten older, the part that really resonated with me is identity and the search for identity. As um, uh, as long as the human component is there, a good story can work in any time period. It's not locked into a specific place in history. What's so cool about RoboCop is that like good Westerns, sci-fi films and dramas, the human connection is really important to the sto- to a story well told. What draws me now is someone searching for their lost identity taken away at the hands of people who are benefiting well, from it. it this just keeps going on but you get the how, idea well, how can you do that in a robocop sequel when murphy rediscovered his identity at the end of the first movie yeah um i mean i suppose there there's plot contrivances that you know that that you can explain maybe he gets his mind wiped or something that, I, that, I don't, that, I don't really just, know that would seem like a cop-out I, I don't disagree. I, I don't have the solution, but, uh, but, but you know I, what? I, I thought it was an interesting insight to right. um, to share there. But, but you know what? As long as it keeps Neil away from Alien, I'm okay. <laughs> well, Fuck the, it up all you want. Well, as long the, as it's not Alien. Well, and that's the thing, because at the time, uh, uh, refresh my memory, he was going to make... He put out concept art, his idea of a, a direct sequel to Aliens. That would retcon right. Alien 3 and Resurrection, where basically Hicks didn't die, Newt didn't die, and uh, Ripley didn't kill herself in at the end of Alien 3. Okay. So, but it was just... I... As an Alien fan, I hate retcons, because we've gotten retcons before. Oh, sure, and yeah. And uh, it, it's called Colonial Marines. It gave... All you Hick fan or Hicks fanboys, what you wanted, <laughs> and, say, and careful, it fucking careful. sucked. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't please don't disparage our our hillbilly listeners. All all you damn Hick fans, <laughs> you can eat shit, you Hick lovers. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know where any of that's coming from. So, yeah, just everything about Blancamp's idea for an alien, 
his Alien 3 just sounded awful to me. Well, and it's interesting that you bring up Alien 3. Because uh Segway. Yeah, see? And and I have no goofy music interlude this time. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that shit off because that's that's terrible. Um but no, uh this uh this from IO9. Uh Dark Horse is turning William Gibson's Alien 3 script into a new comic. Now see that's something you'd think that would have been done with the this Robocop sequel is like just make a comic book of like, hey, this is the original script. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it would have looked like. Yes, yeah, I, I mean they. Uh, Marvel did that with uh, the original Star Wars script, did they not? Back in like the eighties or seventies. Um, like they did their own little. This is what George would have wanted. Oh, oh, uh, Dark Horse did that. Yeah, it was called the Star Wars, and it was kind of basically, um, uh, kind of riffed on and expanded on George Lucas's original treatment, his very first draft of the script. Uh, that that was never going to be a movie, but there there was so much that was so bizarre in there. Plus, they took a lot of uh, Ralph McQuarrie's original concept art uh, before it even kind of developed. You know, some of those weird iconic images of like the the uh, um, you know C three PO that looks more like the robot from nineteen twenty nine's Metropolis that that kind of thing. Right. Um, kind of like a Chewbacca with like the weird buggy eyes and uh, uh just some of the. Uh, you know, so- and a very weird Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I remember Jabba the Hutt was in it, and he just he looked nothing like the Jabba we know. Oh, you know what? And um, uh, I think uh, if I, if I'm if I'm uh, dialing into what you're thinking about, I think you're talking about the original Marvel Comics adaptation from. Oh, am I getting stuff mixed up? Well, no, I think I am. I'm, I'm jumping around, but basically, yeah, no, like uh, in in the original Marvel Comics adaptation of Star Wars, when it first came out in like 1977, the comic book debuted before the movie did, along with like the novelization oh, okay. and things like that. So, um, so things like the Jabba scene is in there, and yeah, he's like uh, Jabba is in it, and he's like green and furry. He lo- he looks more like Chewbacca. I might be kinda. I might be the one mixing things up because that's what I was thinking of at first yeah and so basically those those adaptations were based upon not the first first versions but certainly not the finalized version right. so i mean like han solo looks like han solo chewbacca looks like chewbacca luke skywalker looks like luke skywalker you know so so those are you know what they're supposed to be but like some of the creatures like in this case job of the hut weren't weren't uh fully uh realized but um Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so it <laughs> got got way off track, but um so a little bit of history on this uh this William Gibson Alien 3 script because apparently there's there there were several different stories and scripts of uh commissioned for Alien 3. Uh, but um, according to this article, when Fox approached William Gibson to write a script for Alien 3 back in the late 80s, the student imagined that the lauded author would bring his distinct cyberpunk vision of the future to the franchise. Instead, Gibson turned in a complicated, politically charged script uh, influenced by the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, due to the number of factors, Fox ultimately ended up passing on Gibson's script after deciding it wasn't going to take the franchise in the direction studio. The 
I'm sorry, in the direction the studio wanted, and the Gibson Alien movie became the stuff of fandom legend. So now Dark Horse has gotten their hands on it, and they're going to adapt it into uh, a comic book. I don't recall. Was this script ever actually leaked or released to the public? I I don't know. I just know that this, when I found this article, was the first that I had heard of it. Okay. Um, in an interview with Comics Book Resources, Gibson spoke about what a strange experience it was to eventually see that version of Alien 3 that made it to theaters, and it had no resemblance to what he had turned in. Um, so, yeah, he's he's kind of excited to see, you know, kind of like what, what this what this would look like in uh, um, comic book form. Um, admittedly, Gibson's script was a marked shift in direction for the Alien franchise in his script the hibernating crew of uh, um, the Sulaco are intercepted by the Union of Progressive Peoples, an independent nation, and taken to a larger space station where the inevitable outbreak of Xenomorph subsequently occurs. The story explored the ideas of dueling governments, both fighting for control of a powerful biological weapon and many of the moral and sociological implications that fight would have. So... Yeah, I, Sound, I I don't know what to make of all that. Sounds interesting, but um, I like the Alien Three that we got. So, so, so I mean, this is I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna buy this when it comes out because it's it it sounds it sounds like an interesting what if like what could have been. Yeah, see, and I I like that. I I, like, I I was looking they they put out like the first however many panels. Uh huh. And the art looks good. Oh, I I hadn't seen that. I didn't click uh, deep enough in the article to uh, to find that. That's because uh, the the series comes out in November. Yeah. Uh, first issue drops on November seventh. Um. So yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um. But my my question would be, do they do a better job of uh, explaining how there's an alien outbreak when it was just the queen on the Sulaco at the end of Aliens? Because at least from the pan- the uh, panels that they show, mm-hmm. there's a a face hugger egg in Bishop's uh, uh, stasis chamber. Oh, really? So it's like, okay, that seems just as confusing as the one we got in the movie, because it doesn't explain how that egg got in there. Interesting. But it it, it was just the panels. There's no, I didn't see any. Di- I don't recall there being dialogue, or, sure or whatnot. So. Maybe it does, and I just—it's just they didn't show it. Well, and it's—and it's probably. Again, I've never read the script, so I don't even know. So, as as a story, does this sound like? Uh, I know you already said you would get it, but does it, it? Would this have been a better movie? <laughs> I, it, it's a weird question. I'm just uh, trying to keep well, the conversation going. I'm. I'm not totally sure because I don't know how I feel about the whole political charge stuff. In in an alien story, gotcha. Because I never alien never struck me as a having political messages or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like it, it, it was mostly straightforward in what it was. I mean, sure, you got your corporate stuff in there, but yeah, but it, but it was never like a Cold War stuff. Yeah. So it, it would it would be an interesting turn, and yeah, just from what I just shared here. It doesn't surprise me that the studio passed on it, um, but you know, I I don't know enough of the whole history of Alien Three 
um, in that, I mean, because I know that it was a troubled production. Yeah, there was and, a lot of studio interference. That's uh-huh. why, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his David name. David Fincher. That's why David Fincher does not like this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he actually petitioned the Directors Guild to get his name taken off at, at one point. Yeah, but uh, admittedly, when I first saw Alien 3, mm-hmm. however many years ago it was, I didn't care for it very much. Sure. But this is a movie that aged well for me. Okay. Again, it it has its issues. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the assembly cut fixes a lot of that. That's right. We've talked about that a little bit but, in the past. But, um... Yeah, I, I like that as much as I love aliens, aliens really deviated tonally from alien. And yeah. to me, Alien 3 returned the series to a horror franchise. Yeah, I I could I could see that. Um so and and I think, you know, like when we were talking about Robocop earlier, where I, I think some people kinda misinterpret what the thing is supposed to be and i think a lot of people have that they they want more aliens and less well, alien I've, i think a lot of the criticism i've come across at least with talking with people uh-huh it's just the fact that hicks got killed off yeah and it's just like you know what no this this works to me or the way they did it in alien 3 yeah it's just cuz alien or at least the world of alien it's not uh it's not like Star Wars or Star Trek where things yeah. mostly end up well for everybody. Yeah. Like things just get fucked and they get worse. Yeah. And and it it when you start off with a gut punch like that, because I mean it has that impact and it has the impact that it's supposed to. And, and I'm I you know, I remember watching the beginning of Alien Three. Oh, that sucks. And I think that's exactly the feeling I was supposed to have. But it wasn't like, well, this is fundamentally flawed because you know th- this this beloved character got got killed off. I mean, that's that's not how drama works. I mean, you need to have, you know, uh, you know, occasionally dramatically shocking things to keep things interesting. Exactly. So, I mean, I I'm not an Alien Three apologist. I mean, I like it okay, but honestly, it's it's been it, it's been a dog's age since since I've seen it. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, um, so what, what has, has Killing Spree mentioned what your ideal alien type sequel would be? Would it, would it be a reboot? Would it be a sequel? No, screw reboots. Uh, okay. there's, there's enough within the franchise to do new stories. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, another part of what I don't like about Neil Blomkamp's idea was, is that, you're going back to Ripley and Hicks. Yeah. There if you've read the comics, you know there's more there is more you can do with this franchise than just Ripley and Hicks. Right, because I mean you're you're a right. huge fan of the Dark Horse comics, right? Oh, absolutely. So I mean like uh as flawed as uh Ridley Scott's prequels are, mm-hmm. I found those to be a, an interesting uh direction to go. Like explore yeah. more of the space jockey. Yeah, yeah. I uh, for my taste, I could do without the world building mythology prequely stuff. Um, I uh, I would like to go further forward because I mean there, I mean there's uh, I don't remember what 
it's been so long since I've watched any of these movies, quite frankly. But but because of, you know, like uh, um, hypersleep and stuff, there's a sizable time jump from alien to aliens. Right. Yeah, because uh, hip or Ripley was drifting lost in space like she, she was in hypersleep for 50 some odd years. Yeah, it was it was something where it was like a good chunk of time. And that concept really kind of clicked with me at the time to where it's like, oh, hey, we could have these sizable jumps. So why not do something like, you know, even like one or even like 200 years or something fantastical yeah, like you that? Can to- you can totally do that. Yeah, just, you know, just, just I mean, go it, somewhere else. I mean, you, and it's, it might sound like a cop-out or whatever, but uh. you, you could always find the alien eggs elsewhere instead of LV-426. Exactly. Because... They weren't indigenous to that planet. They were just on a the crashed derelict ship, right? And I mean, yeah, yeah, you you and you could do a proper aliens versus predator. See, and and that's I mean, if you, okay, I I sorry, go ahead. You have the floor. Like the uh, the <laughs> dark core, the the comic that started it all or the whole AVP franchise off is, I think, really good. It could have made it could make a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I don't disagree with you, and I think there is a a good story to be told. I personally think though that it's um it's been kind of sullied at this point to the point where like if there's a like a new alien versus predator movie it kind of like has that name recognition with those two other terrible movies. Well, and I just I want well, no I part of it. I don't think it, well maybe for general audiences the movies might have sullied the 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 franchise but it's just yeah. The AVP franchise is so much older than those movies. Like, and there's oh, just yeah. so much there. Like, not not just comic books. You also have uh, video games. True. Yeah. Well, and that and the beginning of that mythology goes all the way back to Predator Two. You know where they well, established the, that the, the AVP comics came out first. Prior to Predator Two. Yeah. Really? The, yeah. The uh, the Predator Two thing that was just a an Easter egg, a reference to the AVP comics. Oh wow! You know what? I'm having like some weird, you know, misremembering stuff. I I I thought I had remembered that like Predator Two came out. I was like, oh shit! There's an alien skull, and then like shortly after that, like the comics came. No, out. No, no. Like, this was all Dark Horse's idea. Oh, that's awesome! See, that's so much cooler. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very rusty on the uh, on uh, the the conjoined franchises. But what I was gonna say, what I would like to see from you know like further alien stuff is yeah to kind of distance itself from the predator stuff. You know, let you know we had them come together for a while. Now it's time to kind of split back up. Let well, well, they've been doing that. Well, <sighs> well, I mean, you have yeah. you have Prometheus, uh, Alien Covenant, Predators. And now the Predator. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what like, I, it's been a good long while since an AVP movie has been around. That's true. That's true. I um, but and, no, I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, but uh, but speaking of the Predator, um, uh, apparently uh, there were some uh, test screenings of the of the Predator, and now there's been some uh, extensive reshoots. 
Oh, and uh, so yeah, I uh, um, I, I did not hear this. Yeah, no, I unfortunately I I couldn't get the article printed for you, so I don't. I've got it on my screen. This was uh, from Den of Geek, and it was published on uh, July thirteenth. Um, and it talks about an interview uh, that Shane Black did for Empire Magazine. It uh, reads: uh, The Predator director discusses reshoots. Test audiences reacted badly to the first cut of the Predator. So uh, so most of the third act was reshot. Ouch. Yeah. Um, and so in this now, I, I found multiple articles talking about this as well, but they get very spoilery. So I kind of tried to avoid them. This uh, up to where they I, I've seen references to concepts that now I can't unsee and I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself cause now I've, now I've had some stuff potentially spoiled for me, but, uh, but, um, uh, this article reads, uh, Shane Black's new take on one of the best known sci-fi monsters is due out later this year. And the director has been chatting with empire magazine, um, about just why the latest addition to the franchises need all those reshoots. Now I'm going to stop there for a hot second because, um, any more, um, whenever people hear reshoots, that's like an automatic red flag. And for, uh, for some reason I've decided that that kind of bothers me because pretty much every tentpole movie undergoes reshoots of some kind, because like, you know, you do principal photography, you know, like, uh, but, how, know, but how many of those reshoots are, or how, what's, what would be the percentage of reshoots that are done because test audiences hated what they saw? Very low. So so in this aspect, my point is kind of moot. Mm-hmm. But I I just I, I don't know for so I, I forget what movie it was. It was oh uh Deadpool two. That uh that um uh went through some reshoots and it turns out that it was just like you know, some like extra uh pickups and coverage and and nothing was like significantly, you know, reshot. But basically what happened was, you know, a movie goes through principal photography and then goes into post production for like a year. And during that time when the movie kind of takes shape and the special effects get, you know, turned in, it's like, oh, we need a little more of this. We we don't have enough footage of this. So let's go back and do some reshoots. So but any more reshoots, I think, kind of has an um, uh, kind of a unfair stigma attached. Like remakes and reboots automatically get groans. Yeah, but. I, I'm choosing the wrong hill to die on because that does not apply to what I'm talking about here with uh, with regards to the Predator. Um, where did it go? Uh, so the uh, uh, the film is scheduled to... Oh, okay. I'm just going to read. I was going to try to paraphrase. I'm not doing it very well. Uh, the film was due to arrive in uh, the first few months of this year. So it was supposed to be out you know, early 2018, but then got pushed back to September after test audiences didn't understand the tone of the flick, uh, which isn't too much of a surprise. Uh, uh, Shane Black often walks a very fine line between action and the darkest of comedy, but in this instance, it appears he didn't quite get it right on the first pass. Um, He also admits he made a mistake setting the climax of the movie in broad daylight. Um, here's a quote here. He says, uh, the first time we shot the third act, it was daytime. It's all this spooky stuff. Then it's bright sunlight. It just didn't work. So I said, um, can we do this again at night? So apparently, um, there was a cut submitted 
that went to test audiences and based upon the test audience uh, interpretation as well as what Shane Black himself is saying is like, hey, can we uh, can we go back and, and rework some of this? Um, the studio. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that sounds yeah, weird that they had their third act in daylight because I every Predator movie and crossover, their their third acts or climaxes are all at night. Yeah. So and and to that, this uh, this uh, this actually speaks to that. Uh, the studio let him revisit the third act, which additionally changed to a forest based setting. Um, a reinvention of the Predator was also introduced. The quote unquote upgrade Predator we saw in that last trailer uh, with uh, to which uh, Shane Black notes bigger, meaner and nasty as hell. Ten feet tall and midnight black bristling with spines, skin thickened uh with uh with some kind of uh i don't think that's a word um some kind of organic armor uh the product of harvesting oh gets it gets worse it gets worse um he continues uh organic armor the product of harvesting dna from the deadliest creatures on every world it has hunted i i heard that part and i was hoping i was hoping so badly that was a rumor and it is the ultimate expression of predator dominance it is fair to say one giant ugly motherfucker god Um, damn it shane so i i don't know this is a wreck this is the type of retcon that i despise well and from all accounts this is a canonical sequel yeah, but it's just the Predators have always been honor-based trophy hunters. Yep. They're, just do that. It's like you, I do, mean, you the, don't have to make the Predator cooler. I, all the Predators do as far as upgrade goes is just maybe advance their weaponry to better suit the, their prey that they're hunting, but they don't upgrade oh, themselves. Sure. I mean, yeah. the closest we've gotten, well, the only deviation we've gotten from that or that kind of thing was uh, Predators where they introduced a new race of Predator. Yeah. And that I was okay with because it it wouldn't be that far-fetched to think that there are different subspecies within an alien race. Yeah. Yeah, it, it actually, I mean, I mean, that's like one of the weird things you about- You know, like apes or whatever. Yeah, well, and it's one of the weird weirdest things in, in science fiction because like, you know, like you look at something like uh, Star Trek where like the Klingons are all Klingons. They they all look the same. They all have very similar traits and characteristics, and well, yeah. except for Discovery. I don't watch that. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Fuck your paywall, man. I just well, and you know what? E- even if even if I could watch it for free, I don't think I would now because uh, it sounds like a flavor of Star Trek I don't want. I don't need people swearing in my Star Trek. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just a weirdo about that. I I like Star Trek because it's a utopian future and it's kind of cool to live there. And once you like muddy it up and make it dark, it to me it becomes less interesting. But that that's neither here nor there. Um, because you you've um you've been reluctant on the Predator for quite some time. Well, and, ever since the trailers. Yeah, and and I've been kind of reluctantly trying to defend it like oh man it's Shane Black I you know it it might work and well you you'd think Ridley Scott would have worked for those alien prequels you know what and and maybe this maybe this is it to where it's maybe he's too close to the material I don't know I uh but yeah I um 
I, I'm losing I'm losing hope here. So we'll we'll see what happens when September comes around. It's um but um at least they're keeping it R rated. Um That's nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean cause, I mean cuz there's a red band trailer in there and you know everybody's uh you know cursing and there's a lot of uh it seems like you get your gore content and is it me or does it seem like all the guys in this movie they seem less masculine than in the at least the first two compared to the first two movies. Um cuz they were well, Predator was very much a a product of the macho man era yeah. of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Or early 90s at least. I I was going to say to like I mean like the the stereotype uh Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke type of soldiers. I don't think that's the current paradigm for what people associate with uh you know what 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 combat soldiers look like. Um so I mean like uh, like it looks like the lead in in uh the predator is um oh god uh, uh Boyd Holbrook I think his name is he, he was the dude that was the lead bad guy in Logan. See, okay. I I get two Logan mentions in this podcast. So but no and, and I'm like okay I can deal with that. And yeah, you're right in that they they all kind of just seem like they're like soldier people. Um I I'm cautiously optimistic to see what they do with Jordan Peele in this movie. I hope they don't make him just like lame comic relief cuz dude can act if he wanted to. So uh I had that worry with uh what's his face? Uh uh Eric from that 70s show when he was in Oh Pred- yeah. the Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, he was in Predators. Er, Eric Predators, Foreman. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and, what, what the and, fuck is his name? Topher Grace. Yeah, and he ended Jesus. up... He was sort of... He was comic relief, but at the same time, he wasn't a sore thumb. He's kind of okay in that movie, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Well, and it's kind of funny because, like, Predators almost, not quite, it kind of reminds me of the RoboCop remake I was talking about a little bit earlier in that, like, it's totally harmless. It's kind of there. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't piss me off, but it... I don't own it. My, I've, I've seen it once. <laughs> I, I've owned. I've owned it. I've watched it a, a few times since okay. buying it. And it, my gripe with it is that it tries way too much to be Predator mm-hmm. rather than be a a sequel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the Predator. We we will see what happens in September. The very last thing I wanted to cover uh, before uh, before I fire the music, and get us out of here. Um, did you see the new image? Of the uh, new Godzilla. Oh, where he's doing his atomic breath into the air? Yeah. Looks yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm hyped for this movie. Yeah, so yeah, it is... Uh, I don't care what people say about the about Godzilla's screen time in uh, two, 2014. Was yeah, that? 14, yep. That was par of the course. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Totally fine. Godzilla I'm, is hardly in his own movies. <laughs> well, and that's and that's what makes him more effective, I think. But yeah, I'm, I just happen to be staring at this right now, and it looks pretty cool. This uh, exclusive first look uh, from I, Entertainment Weekly. I, I can't wait to see what Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah look like. I mean, we already know what Godzilla looks like in this series. Yeah, and it's uh, so yeah. I'm I'm uh, uh, slipping through this uh, article. So yeah, so those. Those uh those other characters are confirmed to be in Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters. Well, I um, hope so after that uh Kong post credit scene. <laughs> uh yeah, so I so I have a quote here from uh who is this guy? Uh 
Michael Doggerty, who's one of the uh, producers, he says, uh, Rodan's been kind of a sidekick character, but I've always had a uh, soft spot for him. Oh, that. Oh, I don't know about oh, that. Rodan's always been a he. Who am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking Mothra. of Mothra. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, Mothra's a chick. I'm an idiot. Um, in a, yeah, get your kaiju right. I know, right? Jesus. Um, in a lot of ways, he's more powerful than Godzilla. He's like the winged A-bomb. I think we've done him justice. Um, uh, but let's not forget Godzilla himself, who uh, reveals he has the ability to exhale atomic breath. Um, they... The they ask him to expand on it, and he says, "Yeah, I can't talk about that without giving away too much." But it takes place at a very key moment, uh, and it's sort of a call to arms. So, so that's 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 a little bit um, so, about uh, that. So, I, I wonder if it, yeah, it's going to be like those classic, um, hey or not, hey say, uh, I don't remember which era. This the the first era of Godzilla movies where mm. it's. Godzilla and some of his buddies teaming up against King Ghidorah. Yeah, I I couldn't say. I'm I'm not sure of that. And well, when they say call to arms, that's kind of like yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. So I don't I don't feel the the need to read any that. There's more in that article, and I'll uh, I'll tweet it out for folks to check out. It's like you know, it talks about some of the cast, like uh, uh, Kyle Chandler is in it, and um, uh, apparently Ken Watanabe comes back. And, oh, good. And uh, yeah, so so that 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 would be kind of cool. And like the the uh, the uh, one of, one of the uh, little girls from Stranger Things that uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, is in it as well. So I, I don't watch Stranger Things, so I don't really know, but apparently she's somebody that's somebody. I guess. I, I've never yeah. watched that show either. Right, right. So, um, but I mean, uh, the the image looks really cool. I'm still at maximum hype for this uh, this uh, legendary monster verse that they're, that they're cooking up. Um, I, I haven't seen anything that has... Um, you know, upturned the apple cart in terms of like scheduling. Um, because they're they're still gonna do the uh Godzilla sequel next, and then I forget what's after that. Maybe a sequel uh, to I, Kong. I think. No, I I think it's this upcoming sequel, and then it's King or Godzilla versus King Kong. Right. Okay. Which you know what I I'm I'm okay for that. I I think I, I and I think this lays the groundwork for kind of like a. I, I don't want to use the term cinematic universe. Well, that's what it is. Well, but I don't know. But but I, I think they're doing it right, though, in that, like, we made Godzilla. Okay, that, that, that was there. Now we made Kong. Oh, by the way, they're in a connected universe. I like that approach. And it's like, well, it's not like we're going to do two movies a year or we're going to do one movie every year. It's like, no, you're going to get this in, like, four years or three years or whatever whatever it ends up being. Yeah, that that... Multiple movie a year thing that only seems to work for Marvel. Yeah, and and we've we've discussed this uh, um, before. I think the Marvel method works because those movies are different. You know, Ant Man and the Wasp is a completely different movie from Avengers: Infinity War, which is a different movie from Black Panther. That's how those three movies can work within the same you know calendar year. You know, at a, at a time where we can't stomach a Star Wars movie uh, six months after another Star Wars movie, we can hang with three Marvel movies a year because they're again they're they're um, they're so different. But again, I like the slow burn on the MonsterVerse, and it and it's 
I think each one of them is going to feel like the event that it deserves to be. Yeah. It's like, ooh, oh, that's right, because uh, we we saw that Godzilla. Oh, my God, they're going to fight, as, as opposed to uh, let's do a, a DC extended universe. You know what? Uh, people like that that gloomy Superman movie a little bit. Let's throw Batman in it, <laughs> and and that's and that's and that's going to be the foundation of our cinematic universe where where gloomy Superman fought the uh, grumpy Batman and and yeah I uh, whoo wee um, and with that so you've got a wrestling show to go see so yep. um, closing thoughts before we get the heck out of here um just a bit of an update on your pick for movie of the year fallen oh. kingdom has passed the 1 billion mark <laughs> my pick for movie <laughs> of the year get the fuck out of here with that shit oh i that... got to get a jab in there <laughs> and apparently it's doing well in japan oh that's cool it, has it been released in china yet yeah i think so let me pull that up real well, quick well and and i forget so it was it has yeah it's been in china Okay, yeah, because I remember it had some international release prior to the U.S. release, but I couldn't remember or didn't do the research well, to well, see where it was. The earliest ones were in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, China got it before us. Okay. I think that all had to do with the World Cup. Like they didn't want to, or Universal didn't want to compete. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say it's like because people are watching the World Cup, they're going to watch this this wretched dinosaur movie? I I don't understand. You shut your blasphemer <laughs> mouth. All right. Oh, it oh, it didn't do the thing. There we go. <laughs> and that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh Killing Spree, thanks again for hanging out with us. Um where can people get a hold of you? At Twitter at late night death. Very good. And if you would like to listen to any of our past shows, including all of my old KGRG shows, uh, like and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do leave us a review, five stars, please let me know, and I will give you a shout-out on the air and read your review on the air. Um... I think I already said like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Mike Seibert Radio, and right into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. Uh, um, yeah, these shows are fun. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think we need to do them more often. Um, this has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. I am Killing Spree. And until next time, make good choices. Or better ones. <laughs> Ooh, what you got there? Uh, something related to Raiden, because uh, okay. one of the descriptions for this thing is like he's a 14-year-old. Yeah! And that, That's it, super stupid. <laughs> yeah, it just bugs me considering how uh, Raiden's been portrayed in the last two video games. He's kind of like a... He has this aura of wisdom and authority. Sure, sure. And I don't think he can get that from a 14-year-old. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not with the uh, uh, 14s I know, <laughs> 14-year-olds I know. Um, and having previously been a 14-year-old uh, myself, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. So we think we're about ready to go? Sure. All right, cool. 